In today's episode, we're speaking to Tom Crosshill. Tom is a Latvian author of speculative and literary fiction, active since 2010. His work has appeared in publications in Chinese, Cuban, English, Finnish, Latvian, and Polish. Crosshill has been nominated for several Nobel Awards and won the European Science Fiction Society Award for Best Author in 2016. Crosshill is also an entrepreneur and investment trainer who started his career working on Wall Street in the US. Later, he was co-founder and first CEO of the regulated asset management company Indexo. From 2017 to 2020, he has been shortlisted by Forbes, Baltics in the 40 under 40 list of financial professionals. Let's speak to Tom and find out how he changed his life by changing his mindset. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today I'm so excited. We're speaking to Tom Crosser. Welcome, Tom. Hello. Tom, everyone's heard your intro. Everyone knows how fabulous you are. But please, in your own words, share with everyone what it is that you do. Okay, so I'm an entrepreneur, an investment trainer, and a writer. And day to day, what I do is I help busy Europeans go from zero, like knowing nothing about investing, to being invested in their own passive ETF or index fund portfolios over the course of a few weeks. Wow, okay, that's fabulous. So Tom, tell us, I mean, let's talk about your name first. When we when we're speaking off camera, you're telling me that your name actually wasn't cross uh, cross hill initially. It's you're you're from Latvia. So why did you change your surname? Please explain that to us. Yes, so I'm actually Tom Kreitzbergs in Latvian. I'm still legally Tom Kreitzbergs. What happened was that um, I went to uh, went to the U.S. Uh, for college, uh, and then I got my first job on Wall Street. And at the time, I was already developing my career as a writer. I was trying to get published, and, and some of the people like on Wall Street realized I was doing this, and, and they saw some of the links online, and they were like, Wall Street is not a very uh, let's say tolerant place when it comes to people doing interesting things like writing science fiction or something, which I was doing, right? Uh, so I decided it would be better to keep my professional finance career separate from my writing and I, I took on the name Tom Crosshill. And then as I got older and I started caring a lot less what people think, uh, I just decided that for all my English language communication, I'm going to use Tom Crosshill and then in Latvia, I'm Tom Skazvex. Wow, okay. So you just fell into the name Crosshill. It's interesting. And what made you pick Crosshill as a surname? Just out of interest. That is actually really simple. Kreuzbergs, that's from German Kreuzberg, which would be kind of cross mountain, cross hill, that sort of thing. So it's Ah, basically a translation. It's it's an exact translation of your surname in in English. Oh, isn't that interesting? All right. So Tom, tell us, you said you were working on Wall Street and you were... writing science fiction how did you go from there to actually teaching about investing to europeans yeah, you know, uh, it, it was a long journey, but uh, and a bumpy one, but but I think it was pretty interesting. Um, so, I mean, 
I have to step back to give you a bit of context. So uh, I'm not somebody you would have expected to end up on Wall Street. I mean, so I was born in the USSR, right? In Soviet mm -hmm. Latvia, yeah. uh, in the family of uh, two teachers. That means like me and my brother and my parents, we all lived in the same little room. Uh, I mean, it was not like abject poverty. We had enough to eat and we had clothes and stuff. But I mean, it was a pretty kind of poor upbringing. Uh, mm -hmm. And of course, nobody had any money. Nobody ever talked about investing or finance or any of that. I mean, I couldn't have imagined that I would have anything to do. I, I would, didn't even know what Wall Street was until I was maybe like 13 or 14, right? Mm. Uh, but uh, I definitely wanted a different kind of life for myself. Um, so I, I studied really hard and I, I got a good scholarship to go to the US uh, for college. Mm. Um, and, and, and from there, um, uh, you know, I, I realized at some point that, um, you know, one, I was studying physics and I was good at it, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do all my life. And two, as it happens in the US, I had $50,000 of student loans, right? Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to pay that down. Uh, and the natural place to pay that down was, of course, somewhere they pay you well. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I said, okay, I'm going to Wall Street, uh, which was crazy. I mean, you know, I, I came in with a degree in physics with a Soviet background, knowing like nothing about investing. And, 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 and you know, there's all these bankers and, and people from Harvard and Princeton and Yale and all these banking focused universities and, and these rich families and everything else. And it, it was quite an experience, but uh, I'm glad I did it. It was a, a wild ride, yeah. But how did you actually end up, that's an interesting question now. So how did you end up in Wall Street? You know, what led you to it? What? How did the doors open for you? Like you said, you know, Wall Street is a house of, you know, Princeton, Yale, um, um, you know, these students from these, these amazing universities and from wealthy families and connections. And we all know this, you know, it doesn't matter which profession it is, law, banking, even medicine, it's who you know. Um, and nepotism is is, is prevalent. So, you know, uncle, uh, aunt or someone knows it. How did you end up in Wall Street? How did, how did the doors open for you initially? Uh, oh, so the way I always kind of talk about, uh, think about it is, yes, it's about who you know, but that's actually good because you can get to know people. So the way I got in is by calling everybody from my alumni database from the from my university who had anything to do with finance or, or finance job. So I went to Reed College in the US, which is not a finance. It's like a hippie school, like almost nobody goes to Wall Street. But if, if I went back like two or three decades, I found like maybe five or six or seven people who did end up on Wall Street. And so I was emailing everybody, calling everybody, looking for any kind of connections I could. Um, and um, uh, I also knew somebody back from Latvia who studied in the UK and then went to Harvard and then ended up on Law, uh, Wall Street. So he gave me some advice. Um, and, and, you know, it was like literally three or four months of lots of calls, lots of emails, lots of resumes. And I ended up getting two or three interviews and one offer. OK, so it could have failed to happen very easily, but uh, but it did happen. Yeah, it was meant to happen. But I want you to uh, this is it's an important point. And the this is the reason I asked this question. Sometimes when we think we have all the uh, odds stacked against us, it's perseverance and knowing what you want is what will carry you forward. Uh, and this is why I love these Friday features and these stories, because it shows doesn't matter where you're starting off from, doesn't matter what connections or lack of connections you have, as long as you have focus in mind, as long as you're focused, rather, as long as you have a goal in mind and you're focused, 
you can get there. And I think this is a beautiful story that you just shared. You just went out and contacted everyone from the alumni and someone knew something and the universe came together and um, and you were able to have a breakthrough. So I think with that kind of mindset and with that kind of determination, doors always end up opening. But this is important. I think that the audience needs to know things don't necessarily happen for people who are lucky. Luck is created as you did for yourself, which is amazing. So how long did you stay in Wall Street and what made you leave? Um, I, I was on Wall Street for four years. I worked for a while for UBS, which is the big Swiss bank, and then for Scotia Capital, which is the investment banking arm of a Canadian bank. Uh, and uh, actually, I, I was there for four years because I arrived, well, partly because I arrived right at the beginning of the financial crisis. So mm -hmm. the four years I spent on Wall Street were the four years of the crisis. Uh, if I had arrived at a better time, maybe I would have stayed longer because maybe I would have had a more pleasant experience. Uh, but you know, you when you spend- You must have been in 2008. You must have been in uh, 2007. 2007. 2007. Uh, but you know, so it's like every, I saw so many people get fired. I saw so much, office politics and backstabbing and and so many unhappy people and, and you know it, it kind of ate streets. away at me yeah. exactly and uh, so it, it wasn't the most pleasant experience I, I learned a ton but it wasn't the most pleasant experience uh, I also got a bit disillusioned in the sense that I felt like okay yes of course the financial industry has some important roles to play in society but like a lot of what Wall Street does is not actually particularly helpful for society a lot of it is kind of rent seeking it's collecting sucking money out of the economy because you can as opposed to because it's really helpful um so i don't want to make myself sound like some kind of knight in shining armor i mean maybe if i would have been making fantastic money and had a you know everything was fantastic maybe i would have stayed longer yeah but the the combination of it being the crisis and not really feeling that you know i was doing much good in the world and feeling like i could you know may, maybe do more outside of wall street that's what kind of pushed me to uh, go back to europe after four years Okay, so when you were back in Europe, then how did you take, how did you go further? How did you end up teaching about um, investing? You know, uh, at first, uh, I mean, naturally, I was in the situation where, so I left the US. So, you know, for tax reasons, I had to close my various American accounts and everything. So, so I had some money saved. And I was thinking about like, you know, how do I invest from Europe? And I just wanted to do the same thing I was doing in the States. Uh, but I, I quite quickly discovered that things in Europe are different. There's different regulations, different taxes. Um, a lot of things are more expensive and less accessible. So, so it was actually even for me with my at that point expertise, it was quite challenging mm. um, uh, to figure out how to do it optimally. And 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 that kind of planted a seed. It didn't kind of germinate immediately, but it planted a seed. Um, it's why a, a few years later, uh, some uh, some people approached me about uh, starting a new investment company, uh, which today index, so it's a public company on NASDAQ Baltic that we started in 2017. And, and there the whole idea was like offer in the Baltic market, offer low cost savings, low cost investments, which were not available. Uh, that resonated with me because I saw that it was not available in Europe the way it was available in the States. And also then around around the same time, I also started like blogging and, and, and teaching these classes because I realized a lot of people were getting stuck. What's really simple in the US sometimes to just buy an index fund or buy an ETF can be quite tricky for a European. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundance.com 
mindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. Okay, so that's where the the, the idea of teaching these um, these financial well, basically how to teach um, everyday people, laymen, the financial literacy, which maybe is readily available in other parts of the world, especially US. I do tend to find that US is is in some regards years ahead. Um, in terms, you know, for for their availability of investments and savings, whereas in UK and Europe we are we do lag behind, and there's an element of you know they I think US is more open to discussing finances, whereas you you generally for some reason Europe is very conservative. We don't like discussing money, and money is a very taboo subject, which is again unfortunate because we unless we discuss money openly, we're not able to um, increase our knowledge and and further ourselves. Well, what made you specifically really sort of go on to, so how, you know, well, I mean, how do you teach? Do you teach it in, in group settings? Do you teach it one-to-one? How are you, do, how are you serving your clients now? Yeah, uh, so w- what we do is uh, we do webinars online. Uh, the way I kind of look at it, there's multiple levels. Yeah, so we do free webinars where we talk to a lot of people all across Europe. And the yeah. webinars are, of course, basic level because most of the people who come to the webinar, they know nothing about investing so we, we covered the basics so you understand the big picture uh, and that's our free offering through which we influence a lot of people like tens mm-hmm. of thousands of people over time um, and then of course we have paid courses that we offer on the webinars uh, which are you know for people who are a little farther along who have some savings who are ready to invest they're busy people their time is valuable they're willing to pay uh, of course, you can find everything online if you can spend a few months researching or, you know, you can pay for some good training and, and uh, get results much faster. So that that's kind of that's that's our model. Give free information at the basic level for everybody, as many people as possible. And then the people who are ready, who have savings, who want to act quickly, we help them through our uh, paid courses. Mm. And where do you see um you know, where do you see the financial markets going at the moment? You know, with the the recession um, on the horizon for global recession, not just individual countries. Um, you know, the the banks being in, in a very fickle position. The the I think the CDC or something coming out. The the global all this new financial you know things that are coming up, which are un, which are not really spoken about as widely as other rubbish in the in the media. Uh, how do you see how safe do you think it is to invest in ETFs and in the current financial markets with the rise of all of this global recession and, you know, we're, expect- we're expecting a crash? And of course, there's Bitcoin as well and there's Bitcoin ETFs as well. Um, what, what, you know, what do you see happening? Where do you see us going? Uh, I'm really glad you asked that question because it, it's a really natural um, reaction. Actually, on every webinar that I do, um, I ask people, well, uh, who else feels that the world is crazy right now? Uh, and usually it's around 70, 80 percent say, yeah, it's crazy. It's really crazy. And then 20 percent or perhaps more experienced say, yeah, but it, it's a really interesting time. It could be a really good opportunity. I always kind of remember, uh, think back to my experience uh, during the financial crisis, which is when my career started. Um, so back then, I, I also around 2007, 2008, I was thinking, okay, I should start investing. Um, uh, and uh, but but I was looking at what was happening in the market, and you know the markets were crashing and then going down, and, and obviously there were a lot of problems in the economy, and I was scared. Uh, but then I had a conversation with with the senior banker Dave, uh, who, who had a reputation in our bank. Like this guy is a really good investor, um, and uh, and I told him, you know, that you know it, it wasn't feeling so good. That maybe I would wait until the kind of crisis was over and start investing then. And and he basically called me an idiot. He said, well, that uh, I mean. 
the way the, the way he put it is like when you go to the store and, and somebody says oh you know everything's on on sale today there's a discount do, do you say no 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 i'm just going to wait until the price goes back up or are you going to buy the discount um now obviously it's kind of a, a very simplistic answer right because uh okay there's a discount today but what if it's a much bigger discount tomorrow right exactly that's that's, that's but, the question um, that comes to mind you know yeah because we're expecting um you know, what we what we have at the moment is a bit of a rebound rebound in the markets i mean this is this episode being recorded on the 31st of jan 2023 so is anybody just putting perspective anybody who's watching later on and so yeah, at the moment, there's a very rebound with both with crypto and with and the markets. But that's just, from my perspective, just a rebound before we head further down. So should we wait? Well, so so that that so that's the interesting part, right? Um, so I've I've done a lot of study of what uh, actually research says about our ability mm. to predict what's going to happen in the market, and it's pretty much unequivocal that we really suck at predicting what's going to happen in the market. <laughs> like people are really, really bad. Uh, I'm going to, it's not going to be an exact quote, uh, but I believe Warren Buffett said uh, that the only uh, uh, only benefit of uh, kind of stock predictors is that they make fortune tellers look good. Mm. Yeah, because fortune tellers, even if they're scammers, get better, get their predictions right more of the time than stock pickers. It's really difficult to predict everybody. Me too. I have intuitions. I think, oh, the market might be going down or going up. Uh, but the reality is it's very difficult to predict. Uh, for example, so right now over the past year, yes, there was a bigger slide. Now the market has corrected a bit, but we're still down somewhat. Mm. Well, if you look at it, uh, the market currently already reflects um, the price currently already reflects the market's opinion that yes, there are some problems. There's a, there's a recession, but maybe things are, you know, inflation is starting to slow down. Maybe things will pick back up. Now, what happens next depends on what happens in the world. Mm. If inflation <clears throat> continues slowing down and let's say the war in Ukraine doesn't escalate and, and, and things are not too bad, we might actually see a fairly sharp rise. If on the other hand, inflation picks back up, the war escalates, the, you know, whatever uh, worse things happen, it can go down. Uh, but the reality is, if, if past is any guide, most of us will really suck at making those guesses. And so what the research says is it's much smarter to make regular investments and not waste that energy not waste your attitude, your mindset, not live in that stress of constantly thinking, is it going to go up or down? Because you're not good at it. Like you're not likely to guess right. Instead, spend that energy, spend that, uh, focus your mindset on making money, uh, focus your mindset on being your, with your family, uh, enjoying your hobbies, whatever, and invest regularly. And statistically, you will do a lot better than most people who try to guess, is it the right time or is it not the right time? Because I mean, Okay, invest regularly, it's standard expert advice. Uh, but beyond that, I, I always say invest regularly, but especially when the market goes down. Okay, it can keep going down, it can keep going down for a long time. But the dumbest thing you can do is invest only when the market goes up and not when it goes down, right? Because then you're always going to be buying when it's expensive, and yeah. you're not going to be buying when it's cheap. Yeah? Right. On that answer, we're going to wrap this up. This is actually really nice. And I agree with you 100%. I do believe that regular investment is much, much better. And I'm talking from personal experience, guys. <laughs> I've done everything wrong in, in when it comes to investing and more probably. I'm one of those people that has to experience um, uh, you know, all the losses personally before I go ahead and learn from them. Something. Anyway, 
Um, I do agree with this. And I think it's, I think we are living in interesting times. I, I'm going to quote another uh, Warren Buffett um, saying that he says, you know, invest when other people are um, scared and you should be, so you should be greedy when other people are, um, are are scared and be scared when other people are greedy. And um, and so when there's blood on the streets, and that's pretty much where we are at the moment with the, the markets currently uh, pretty uh, awful. It, I think that's, it's the right time to miss, but when we do have to figure out yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just to clarify, I, I do think it's important to note uh, neither I, you or nor I are saying, yes, the market will definitely go down or yes, the market no, will we, definitely we, go we up. No, we don't. We don't. Nobody we don't. knows. But on, uh, over the long term, people who don't try to guess but to invest but invest regularly tend to do better. That's that's the message. Agreed. hundred percent. Well, uh, tell us, Tom, how can we connect with you? Where can we find you on the Internet? Uh, yeah, so uh, you can find me at tomcrosshill.com. That's my website. Or if you're interested in coming to one of our free investing webinars for Europeans, that's at go.indexmasterclass.com. Uh, if if Gull is willing to, we'll put it uh, put the link in the description of the show so you can find it as well. We will. So if you're listening to us on the podcast, the links that Tom has just mentioned will be in the show notes. And if you watch us on YouTube, then down below in the description section we'll have the links for, for that particular um the, the links you just mentioned as well go check him out especially if in europe based because i think we all need a little bit more help when it comes to investing and i think we should be taking it seriously because we're relying on state pensions as we do a lot of people do a thing in, in europe in the uk too honestly i recently found out i was looking at this recently um, if you if you get the full pension full state pension you're looking at 185 pounds a week what is that Honestly, so you need to take your your, um, your financial um, well-being in seriously into your own hands. Well, thank you so much for being such an amazing guest with us, Tom, today. We have to have you back for, Tommy, uh, for Money Talkies. But today, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening to me and Tom today on Friday Feature. I will be back with another amazing guest, finding out how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time, me, this is Gold Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.